Welcome, everybody. You're listening to a night at the round table coming to you live from bbsradio.com station one. My name is Omina McGee, and I'm your host for this evening. And I'm here with my co-host, author and channeler, Caroline Oceana Ryan. Randy Miller, energy healer, will join us later. And Fashion Tree White Knights, Rama and Tara are here. Micah is here with us as well. He's on our round table. And Penny, I think, is joining us later. Is that, is that correct, everyone? Oh, Amina, that's correct. She will be here sooner than Randy. Okay. No problem. They will be here. And in a few in a minute or two, I'm going to start off with a meditation. But I want to give out the numbers for anyone that would wish to call in because we would love to hear from you. And there's enough is here to answer any questions that you might have about anything. So please get a pencil and write the numbers down. 888-627-6008 or 323-744-4831. I will repeat these again later on. So now I would like you to get in a very nice, comfortable place because we are, I say we because my masters join me. And you bring in all your masters and your guides. And this is a meditation to find a safe place. I thought that with everything that's going on in the world and I keep trying to help people to be a part of the world, but not in it, if that makes any sense. In other words, anytime you're stressed out or stressed out what's going on, especially with all the shootings that have been going on the last couple of days, I mean, they're every day, but they're senseless. Young people are dying. Other people, everybody is dying from guns. And if that invades our peace and our quietness, then we need to find a safe place that we can go to if it's in our minds or if you need to do a meditation. Remember it and go to that place so you can feel safe. So sit in the chair, legs uncrossed, your arms are resting on your lap and take several deep breaths. Exhaling all the tension out of your body and just feel it all going like a big sack of beans. And there's a little hole on the end and it keeps going out and out until you're totally decompressed. Ask your spirit guides to draw close to you and say a prayer quietly to yourself asking for whatever your higher power, God, for love and protection. And as you sit there breathing slowly in and out, allow yourself through your third eye to find a pathway and begin to walk along it. Eventually, you will arrive at a beautiful place. 
where water flows, you can hear the water. Flowers bloom and you can smell them. The birds are singing. And look around for a place to sit and soak up the atmosphere. Smell your flavoured flowers. Wait patiently for someone to come to you. Your spirit guides will appear in a form that is familiar to you. Invite them to sit with you. Whatever way, form, shape you have in your third mind, in your third eye, I should say, whatever one you have there, that your spirit guides come to you. Allow them to talk to you through an inner meditation of their choosing. So you need to listen. This meditation will strengthen and rejuvenate you. Know that you can come here anytime you choose and that your spirit guides will always come to assist you. So remember, you look at your surroundings. What did you find at the end of your path? Because that's going to become your safe space. Spend time talking with your spirit guides about your problems. Give them your problems and listen to their advice. Allow yourself to know that you will remember this advice when you are fully conscious. When when your time with them is completed, return along your pathway. Allow yourself to return to full consciousness, bringing with you everything you have experienced. Amen. Okay, is everybody back in the room? All right, I'll just keep talking and you'll join me. (laughs) That was excellent. Thank you, Amina. You're welcome. I was going to say we would go around the table just for an update with everybody and how your lives are going and how we're all dealing with everything that's going on. I'll begin. Um, the exhaustion comes and goes. My dreams have been wild. And I don't always recollect them. Sometimes they blend in with life. And sometimes I'm not sure if it's a dream I had or whether it's a real life experience I had. But I never worry about that because eventually... Somebody comes into my aura, whether it's of the higher realm or the lower realm. And if I don't get it, I get a slap around the face and say, wake up, woman. So kidding, kidding, kidding. I just totally trust. And I had the experience of working with a woman the other day and she worried, 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 worried. In control of everything, wants to be in control of her children, worry, worry, worry. And of course, I'm telling her there's nothing for her to worry about. And as she's talking to me, I said to her, you know what helps someone that constantly worries? They have a lack of trust. So my message for my little talk right now. Start developing trust, asking for the higher good, 
and having faith, most people can take care of themselves. I pass the talking stick. Who would like to pick it up? Would you like to pick up the talking stick, Caroline? Well, yeah. Okay. Are we looking at energy updates at the moment? Anything you want. <laughs> All right. Um, I'm going to say that for me, like a lot of people, the energies are still very powerful. I am also having very strange dreams, which I can't quite believe, sometimes including people who I haven't seen in a long time or who I know now, but who I've never had a dream about. And um, they're a little bit indecipherable. Usually I can get something from a dream as I think about it later on. Um, although I find that if you write it down, sometimes the meaning will flow to you. And for instance, I had a dream last night with a friend and we were watching something like a movie or something and she picked up the television. It wasn't huge and put it on a higher level, like a, a higher, uh, you know, like the windowsill, which was wide enough to accommodate it. And in the dream, as I woke up, I didn't understand why she did that. As I woke up, I didn't understand it. But now as I'm thinking of it, I thought, you know, I think that was symbolic of a portal. And this is something I think that we don't understand about screens, particularly film and television, is that they can be portals for entities, either light or dark. And sometimes as well, bits of us can get lost in that portal and we don't necessarily reclaim it. Um, and sometimes as well, that could be a symbol of a portal because this friend of mine is an energy worker and we have gone through portals together in our sleep state. Uh, she's had dreams about that and so have I. So um, it's just it's just fascinating, the stuff that's coming up because we are traveling interdimensionally so much more now with these energies coming in, realizing our multidimensional uh, not only in multi-dimensional aspects, but our, that our whole nature is multi-dimensional and that we travel in the etheric no end at night. We really do. And I feel that that third eye is opening up. A lot is opening up that wasn't opening up previously. And that can maybe feel a little intimidating, but it's also very helpful because we need to travel the cosmos a bit. We need to see the parts of our spirit, our psyche, uh, our soul that have been fragmented, where we've given away not just our power, but parts of our life essence. And we need to reclaim that now. And a lot is happening for us to move into uh, feeling more, uh, I don't want to say in control, but just more empowered. And releasing I, passivity. Go ahead. I'm sorry, but didn't mean to interrupt you. Oh, that's all right. Go ahead. What I got was when you were talking about it, that your brain was being upgraded. Then interesting, interesting. Yeah, the paradigm oh. shift. Your brain was. Oh, being I love upgraded. that too. That's fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's what I got. All because right. when you look at all electronics and a TV, our brain is full of of electric electromagnetic energy, oh. and it's all been raised up from the from the base of human environment. It's been raised to a higher level. That's what I got. Wow. Yeah. That is interesting. And our brain holds a lot of images, memories. and Oh, absolutely. It ha Well, it has. You have to remember 
our brain has the ability to tap into every memory since the first time we were created. Yes, yes. That's a lot. It's true, but it's deep in the subconscious, isn't it? You know, well, we I think it's in I the the well you have the soul consciousness, which would be the inner consciousness, then you have the subconscious, then you have the conscious, then you have the superconscious. So yeah. it sort of works with the superconsciousness and the inner consciousness. Yes. Yeah. So that's where the subconscious we usually bury experience from the present life. The inner yeah. consciousness is buried from the time we were created. Yeah. That's my take on it. Yeah. Yeah. I don't want to, you know, I'm just, I can only tell you my experience. Yeah, sure. And yeah. It's, so, it's also multi-layered. Oh, definitely. Definitely. Oh, yeah. That's why we need the upgrades. <laughs> so we can understand it. So do you feel our, our whole brain is being upgraded? Not just the oh, left brain, but everything? Everything, yes. Yeah. Well, for me, you see, I don't feel I have a right and left hemisphere in my brain. It's always felt like just one brain for as long as I can remember. Yeah, sure. Okay. Then you're, you've got more integration than most people. Probably. You know, and this is what humanity is supposedly returning to. Is that what is it called? The colostrum the, is something that connects the right and the left brain. But really, we started out; we didn't have two halves. It right. was it was one interconnection, like what you're talking about that you have, which is wonderful. And you can also train your brain both sides. If you feel you have a right and a left hemisphere, you can have them talk to each other. This is very important for anyone anyone that might be. Um, high risk for strokes if you start training your brain to talk to each other maybe i get into that later a little bit better then when you have a stroke your other side of your brain automatically takes over all the part that was been stroking and will do the work for you oh i didn't even realize that actually oh yeah that's real yeah all right yeah you get them to talk to each other and they begin to they begin to rescue each other and they begin to do the things that whatever side you're going to lose the disability, the ability to do whatever it does, the other side will pick up the slack. Oh, wonderful. Isn't that fascinating? That's good to know. Uh, something I've heard is that if we are very used to, say, always using our right hand when we're chopping the vegetables or writing whatever, I, there's, um, who is it, Deborah Poneman, she's pretty well known for helping people reverse aging and she says to keep the brain kind of bright and more integrated occasionally use the left hand for whatever oh, chore. absolutely yeah you can train your left hand to do as much as the right one does yeah uh, that fascinates me because i haven't yeah. thought of or if you usually say if you're crossing your arms the right arm always goes in front do it the other way put the left arm in front or yeah you know, yeah left uh, ankle in front when you're when you're seated that sort of thing so yeah oh, wonderful so i'll hmm. pass that talking stick uh thank you Amina. well thank you caroline who'd like to pick it up penny or micah i, I will see. okay thank you penny yeah 
Well, um, as far as me personally, me and my body, uh, we're getting um, we're getting along a lot better uh, thanks to a good chiropractor and uh, uh, some good massage work. Uh, my right shoulder is beginning to work the way it's supposed to and not causing as much pain and all the rest. So I'm coming along there. But in terms of the energies like my that we've been passing uh, emails back and forth um, I've completely lost something from Micah and Rama and I are, have been doing this for the last 15 minutes behind the scenes and like what they're not going through. And ah, my, my system was working beautifully up until three days ago. And now I'm always constantly having to put in my uh, master password and it's the technology, the mechanical technology around me that's going wonky right now too so and it's driving me bananas but anyway and but the rest of me is getting over a few things you know so I'm very pleased about that so and I think it has a lot to do with singing going back to singing yesterday was just a fantastic rehearsal day it was exact it was hilarious actually the last 20 minutes because the conductor was uh, reviewing with the assistant conductor the best way to get response from the choir uh, by certain hand motions. And the assistant conductor was not getting it. He couldn't make it out. And so every time he would try what the conductor said, we would then we'd have to sing the same eight bars we'd been singing for the last 15 minutes. And he, we would respond exactly to what we were seeing with his hand motion and it wasn't working. And I mean, it, we just collapsed in laughter and poor old Nathan, he was having a terrible time, but we all just collapsed in laughter. So it turned out to be lots of fun. The conductor himself is an excellent teacher. So it wasn't just the, the assistant conductor that was learning as he was explaining to the assistant conductor, we were understanding the significance of everything that was going on and why they have to do it and why they do it and just how it works. So the hand motions for conductors are just as important as the words and, and of course, the expressions on their faces as well. But I, it was just uh, funny and it helped move my diaphragm a lot more because since I haven't been singing for so long, I've been kind of stuck inside me. But yesterday, a lot of stuff loosened. And um, it, and of course, going to see the massage therapist helped a lot because apparently I found out today she's very good with diaphragms. Like what? <laughs> I didn't know. You know, you had sort of specialities when you did these things. The chiropractors, you know, good on heads and necks, right? <laughs> anyway, whatever. So I just kind of have to giggle a little bit too. So anyway, that's uh, good things are happening. And then, of course, yeah, I'm just feeling better and all the time and realizing I like what Omina was saying about trusting. I'm finally moving into that realm. Sometimes I forget and turn into a worry board. But most of the time lately, I'm not. I'm just going along. It's well, it's basically all I can do. Put one foot in front of the other these days. That's about all I can do. If I don't write thing down, things down, I forget them because I've got 14 other things that are pushing to the surface all the time. So, 
Yeah, I'm having my own little, um, I really don't know, confusion party all by myself. Uh, but I don't think I'm any bit different than anybody else. But I, I'm just laughing because sometimes things are just too funny not to laugh at. So I guess that's if that's an energy report, that's an energy. That's my energy report for tonight. <laughs> OK. Back to you, Omina. Thank oh, you. Thank you just, very much, I, Penny. Yeah, I, I just have one thing to say too. the the music that you're going to hear tonight, everybody. I, I want to remind you that you don't take it literally. You understand it as a metaphor. So, okay. you know, you don't don't misread what I'm sending, what uh, I've asked to be played. Think about it metaphorically, which, which means I was chuckling about your dreams, um, Caroline, because last night, my dream this morning was I was somewhere with a bunch of folks and we got, I don't know, a boatload, a trainload, a truckload of grapes. Grapes, I tell you. And and when you held them up, they were huge, big uh, bunches of grapes. And what my job was, was to get them cut up into a bundle and put them in plastic bags, about a pound and a, a pound over a pound, not less than a pound, but a bit over a pound, and get these grapes distribute, distributed through this village. And so I said, well, that's easy. I called in the kids and the kids came with all their wagons. And then we loaded all the grapes, the small packages of grapes into the wagon and the wagons. And I said, OK, go knock on all the doors in town and tell everybody you're selling these grapes for four dollars a pound. And uh, that and, uh, you know, they're fresh. They've just come in and we've just prepared them for you. And I said, if there's any hassle. Um, and they say they're too expensive or they say this or that. I said, don't bother. Well, just tell them if they say it's too expensive. Well, you're getting fresh grapes and they're being delivered to your door. And if there's any other protests, just say thank you very much and go on and tell them that we're using the money for a community building project. Now, that's the first time I've ever heard of selling grapes, you know, for a building project. Usually it's pizza or dinners or something like that. But. I mean, it was just a monstrous pile of grapes. Now, if anybody can oh. tell me what grapes signify, I don't what, know. What do you make of that, Omina? Well, I think grapes are the fruit of life. Yeah. You know, and grapes are very good for your, for the blood of life, so to speak, if you eat grapes. And about chopping them up and putting them all in different, it's almost like that whatever change you are going through, you want to spread it around. The other thing that uh, uh, that comes up was I was reading, skimming something, and I saw that the grapes growing in the vineyards in British Columbia have all been frozen. So, you know, there's not, there doesn't seem to be a lot of potential for the grape season this year and, um, or, and the wine season this year. So uh, I don't know whether that happens. I saw that today, though. I didn't see it yesterday. So, um, no, I don't dream, know. yeah, dreams are, you know, dreams are very funny. <laughs> I sure mean, are. again, again, you have to put it along with 
you're changing, you're back to your singing, you're back to your joy, you're sharing the abundance of that. The grapes, grapes are just a wonderful fruit of life. Most people like grapes. The interesting thing, were they, were they uh, red grapes or were they red grapes? grapes or they were, were they... red grapes. They were okay. red grapes. Oh, we see red goes with the passion of life. And then if you put it with the, they're very good for you. And they're also, blood is our life source. So oh. it's a good, it's a, it's a good, it's a, okay. Thank you very much. Somebody just popped in and told me that it's a shift of energy for you. Awesome. Awesome. Yep. Yeah. Thank you. You're beginning, <laughs> yes, the shift of energy. You're beginning to integrate the changes. Like you said, you're letting go of the worry and you're trusting. That's what it's about. Okay. Yeah. All right. I'll just keep on singing. Great. Oh, absolutely. Definitely. Because that's music from the soul. Yeah. It also raises your vibrations. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So keep mm -hmm. doing that. Mm-hmm. Thanks. Okay. Well, then you'll really like this music tonight. Yes. Good. Okay. Good. So we pass the talking stick to Micah. Thank you, Omina. And thank you, Penny, for that sharing. Uh, and greetings to all of our listeners from around the planet and throughout the cosmos. Well, folks, <clears throat> buckle your seatbelts and put on your helmets nice and snug because we are in for quite a ride this year and it's only barely just beginning. At the Keshe Foundation, February is traditionally the month of good news. And this year is no exception. <clears throat> Mr. Kesh uh, started in a, in a previous just most re most recent workshop started out by saying we are we have achieved a breakthrough in science and technology by being able to continuously produce cosmic rays without it being dependent on a source this means the supply is endless and that we can produce magnetic fields exactly like the universe does this is the beginning of a new cycle of knowledge for humanity in addition, he said they have scientifically proven that a plasma is direct current, which means direct current in terms of electricity, DC. And when a, when a plasma interacts with the matter state, it switches to alternating current, which for us has a frequency of 50 to 60 hertz. Um, when there is only DC direct current inside a system, there is a total plasma without any matter state. And uh, so the cosmic rays travel the universe on the direct current of the plasma. And when it comes in touch with matter state, then it creates an additional wave on top of the direct current. So you have both direct current and alternating current. If we all remember, Nikola Tesla is one that uh, became uh, brought awareness to alternating current um, back at the beginning of the, the century there. there. There is a very important implication to this, and I'm sure that the scientists will understand. But for our purposes, it gives us, some, gives us more to ponder about the true meaning of electricity and that it is really all magnetic fields. 
Mr. Kesh said, we have to respect them because they have the power to create life. Later in this workshop, he suddenly opened a Pandora's box by saying that they can actually create organs. But we'll talk more about that later. <clears throat> they must also respond to love. There is so much knowledge being transferred in this workshop. I, I will try to stay focused as possible here, but um, please spend as much time as you can on uh, the Knowledge Seekers Workshop 524. Anyhow, um, so uh, the reason Mr. Kesh brought this all out now is because he said his heart and mind have been heavy with worry about giving all the technology to a single nation which is China thus far. Um, they were the first ones to accept the technology on the terms of peace for the planet. And as we saw last summer, their leaders were shown in, uh, they were shown its power directly by creating matter from the plasmatic and magnetic fields of the universe. They have also signed contracts with the Keshe Foundation to bring out the technology in a massive way. We have to understand that this is not just a talk. We can actually show the nations in the matter state the results of the cosmic rays so that they can believe and see firsthand with their own eyes. So the most likely place to balance out China would be to set up the technology in the United States. And uh, John of the Keshe Foundation in Arizona has all the facilities ready to go to do Hi. just that. Hello. Hello, Penny. Oh. All right. Go ahead, Micah. Okay. Um, so uh, now that, now that, uh, excuse me, forgive me. Um, if you remember, back in November, Mr. Kesh said they may move, remove Mark Ray from the stock market by the end of the year. Now that has all been turned around. I believe all the manufacturing facilities are ready, along with the wellness center, to start generating income to be able to finance the research center in Arizona. And then a third Kesh Foundation research center will be set up in Isfahan in Iran. So the new environment created by the three plasma and cosmic ray research centers will cover the nations of the whole planet and bring a balance to the release of the technology. Because for world peace to come about, all the nations have to have equal access to the knowledge and the technology. Mr. Kesh will keep the balance by traveling between all the centers and they will share the results of their research daily over the internet. All of the nations can join in the research. And actually, it is the responsibility of knowledge seekers to get involved and carry this out. And so uh, big changes are happening. The way I see it is it's, um, again, it's not uh, giving this technology to any single nation. It's about spreading it evenly throughout and this is what Mr. Kesh has done here with uh, basically releasing it all at once to China, the United States and Iran and then from there 
all the other nations are allowed to participate and, and become involved, but this is the beginning of something that uh, the world has never seen before. And so with that, I pass the talking stick back to you, Omina. Thank you very much, Micah. Before we go on to Ram and Tar, I'm going to give out the phone numbers again for anyone that might want to call in and ask questions, share things with us, tell us what you're doing and how are things going for you. So please do call us in at 888-627-6008 or 323-744-4831. On that note, I pass the talking stick to Ram and Tara and give us updates on who you've been talking to, Rama, and whatever else either one of you want to share with us. Thank you, Omina. It's just me, just this one chicken here. Rama's working with pennies. There's some trouble getting the uh, report. So I will say some things while we wait. How's that? And um, um, I, I was going to say that um, uh, on Amy Goodman this morning, uh, this man, uh, Senator Pe- Senator Peter Welsh, um, he said something about this. I'll just read this. Um, Amy Goodman says, uh, she, uh, uh, actually, Nermeen Shade that she works with Amy. And Nermeen said, here in the United States, President Biden is urging the House to vote to approve a $95 billion foreign aid bill passed by the Senate Tuesday that includes $14 billion for Israel's war on Gaza along with $60 billion for Ukraine and $8 billion for Indo-Pacific allies like Taiwan. And I just want to back up a little bit because just to remind everybody that Netanyahu and President Biden premeditatively planned to do what's going on in Gaza for a whole year in advance. That is genocide collaboratively between Netanyahu and President Biden. That is uh, much more serious than the people are being informed of. And we send more light to these kinds of activities that these people are engaged in. So uh, then the 8 billion for uh, the, the, the Indo-Pacific allies in Taiwan, I was just thinking, you know, we've got submarines with nukes on them and all that kind of stuff around there between China and Taiwan. And then we've got Cash, Mr. Cash, hanging out with all that new technology that Mike is just talking about, that between the United States, China, and Iran, they've all got this whole new slate of, this is going to change everything like Micah was saying, in other words, uh, the galactics, they can intervene, yet only so much. In other words, 
there has to be enough requests coming from humanity and it's the prime directive non-intervention in a civilization's development and this brings up what omina what you're telling us that there's a lot of toddler souls around the united states and i guess you said that uh former president trump is a toddler soul and that then there's another level called adolescent souls. Just think of what you're doing when you're raising teenagers. <laughs> Try to get them to go in the right direction. Uh, you can make suggestions about that. And uh, I'm not sure. Do you know what Biden is? Is Biden a toddler soul or is he a little more along the way? Oh, me. He's not. No, he's not a toddler soul. He's an old soul. Oh, so he knows better, way better. I don't know what he knows or doesn't know. I just know that they told me he's an old soul. Doesn't that mean, just curiously? Well, you can be an old soul and you can be a wise old soul. Yeah. Just Just because you're old doesn't mean that you have wisdom or that you have, you know, that you know what's going on or what's for the higher good. He most they're most certainly not showing me him in the light of a of of a ugly soul or a bad soul. He's a bit malleable. He's a bit moldable and usable. I think he's much more vulnerable. Yeah. Okay. Well, uh, when you say vulnerable, does that mean it's a good thing? Well, one, yes, uh, you can be very vulnerable and be able to navigate through things that are good. He comes more from the heart than anything else. And that's probably makes him very vulnerable, which makes him susceptible to an awful lot of criticism. Susceptible to being used as well. I feel that he's just... Exactly, exactly. Being used, being manipulated. And, um, you know, I mean, I really don't want to get into leaders souls to any great deal because I haven't asked them on another level for their permission to do that. Uh, can, can I ask Omina then, even though if people are susceptible like that to being used and coming from the heart, et cetera, et cetera, they're still responsible for what they do. We're all responsible. We're all responsible for what we do mm-hmm. because we have the power you're in power. You can have the power. It's all about how we misuse the power or how we use the power for the higher good. Uh-huh. This, okay. you got to remember, this is a young country. It's an adolescent country compared to the rest of the world. So you have an awful lot of young souls, toddler souls, adolescent, mostly adolescent souls and toddler souls, all of. Mr. Trump's followers, they're all toddler souls, and they're all angry. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, you know, it okay. helps us understand them. Yes, it helps to, to understand them. Yes. And send them more love. Them Definitely. Unconditional love. Yes. Um so I was going to read just a little more here. Rama made it back. So when that means you successfully received the uh, update, right? Yeah. Okay. So I'm talking about um, 
you know, this bill, Rama, President Biden is urging the House to vote to approve. Oh. Um, uh, it's a $95 billion to for a foreign aid bill. And it was passed by the Senate on Tuesday. And it includes $14 billion for Israel's war, which I was explaining when you came back finally here. I think that that, that 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 was premeditated by both President Biden and Prime Minister Netanyahu for a whole year before they even instigated it. And then they blamed it on Hamas. Hamas, but Hamas was incubated by the deep state over here. Yeah, that is so. It is complicated. Yes. And I would say that, you know, they shouldn't, um, the idea of sending money for war uh, is illogical. (laughs) That's what Bach would say, yes. Yes. Yes, and Peter Welch said something to that effect, too. Uh, uh, just to add, uh, this bill, another $60 billion for Ukraine, $14 billion for Israel, and $8 billion for Indo-Pacific allies, in t- such as Taiwan. It also strips U.S. funding to UNRWA. Yeah, they are trying to give UNRWA a bad name because maybe there were some folks that were playing on both sides. It's it's complicated because well, they they reported on Democracy Now yeah. a while ago that they that the the agencies uh, the the government is trying to say that. Not sure if it was, maybe it was Israel or some, I don't know, or this over here. They were trying to say that 13 members of UNRWA actually aided and abetted Hamas. Yeah. And they had no evidence whatsoever of that. So they just made that up. Yes. And what I see behind the scenes is that they don't want to help uh, the Palestinians out. And no. that has to do again with President Biden. Even Omina said President Biden's an old old soul. Yeah, he is. But there's a difference between that and an old wise soul. And we're talking about him being manipulated. He's just caught between the devil and the deep blue sea. And the devil is called the Vatican. Because he answers to Opus Dei and those other folks above Opus Dei called the Black Nobility, the the dragons that fell, or the reptilians, so to speak. UNRWA stands for the United Nations Relief and Works um, Agency Mm -hmm. for for Palestine refugees. In this case, yes. And that's been the case for a long time. So uh, also, Netanyahu, as the Prime Minister of Israel, is uh, blocking aid coming in from Egypt. He's he's really creating a lot of, uh, for us, 
a lot of trouble for himself. And see, he's motivated because as he loses the power that he's positioned he's in, he's got major espionage and fraud cases that could put him in jail for a long time. Let alone war crimes. Oh, he's just adding insult and injury, yes, with the world court. Uh, and that's another thing. But let me just read um, what um, Senator Peter Welsh said here. Okay, I'll finish the sentence, though. Um, Independent Senator Bernie Sanders opposed this measure, joined by two Democratic senators who broke ranks with their party, Jeff Merkley and Peter Welsh. Mm -hmm. This is Peter Welsh. I voted against the supplemental for one key reason. I cannot, in good conscience, support sending billions of additional taxpayer dollars for Prime Minister Netanyahu's military campaign in Gaza. It's a campaign that has killed and wounded a shocking number of civilians. It's almost 28,000 in the front end, and then they're talking about tens of thousands that are still buried in the rubble. And the last I heard, at least 12,500 of the ones that are dead that's that they know of our children. Yeah. So um, it's a shocking number of civilians. It's created a massive humanitarian crisis with no end in sight. Actually, over 70% of the structures in Gaza have been completely demolished at this point. It's inflamed tensions in the Middle East, eroding support among Arab states that had been aligned with Israel. And of course, it has severely compromised any remaining hope, almost all remaining hope, for the two-state solution that we all know is ultimately essential for peace in the Middle East. Mm -hmm. So I guess I'll leave that there. Uh, and um, there is one more thing I was saying. And so put this in the cauldron, cauldron of Thoth. Uh, Thoth was uh, Hermes Trismegistic and uh, all uh, these roles and Tehuti in Atlantis. That was Lord Katumi. This is Lord Katumi. And uh, Lord Katumi is on the Sunshine yellow ray, ray, you might call that shedding some light on all subjects. What do you got to say, Rami? You're grinning. Uh, yes. <laughs> the Emerald Tabrets of those. Yes. And so, and then uh, this situation I was going to bring, bring up uh, that in Missouri, their gun laws. Mm. Uh, and their scorecard is very, very poor. There's nine points. Um, what Missouri is missing. The first one is universal background checks. I would say that would be on the scale of the whole country, you know. Uh, the second one is gun owners, um, 
licensing. And uh, that should be just like if you're going to get a going to get it to drive a vehicle that could cause serious harm. Yeah, you got to get liability it insurance. Be, everybody should be required to get licensed to have yeah. a gun. And then the third one is extreme risk protection orders. Mm -hmm. Oh, my goodness. And then the next one, fourth one is... Um, what's that say? I guess I got to ask. Domestic violence gun laws. And then the fifth one is assault weapon restrictions i mean what assault weapon is only meant to kill as many human beings as possible as quickly as possible what's that about that they're having access across this nation to that type of weapon and the second one is, and the seventh one is waiting periods in other words, before you get your license, which is not even happening at that point, or you get your gun, uh, there has to be a waiting period. A lot of times people want to get a gun and they have already set it up for what they're going to use it for. That's not for good purpose. And if they'd have to wait, that would that would mess that up, you might say. Okay, the eighth thing is concealed carry permits. And the ninth one is community violence intervention funding. Yeah, when there's violence going on with a community. And as, again, there are a majority of adolescent souls, they might not think about morality or ethics of what they're going to do. They're just, they're in that revenge of the Sith mode, you might say. I'm cast the talking stick to you. You want to say something, Robert? I would just say that as you would even consider having such a uh, device, there are issues <laughs> and it has to do with yeah, toddler and adolescent souls and what our civilization has created in a sense of folks don't feel safe in their own being and that's a big deal and as we are to meet other folks from other civilizations other sun systems galaxies um i it brings up that movie, The Day the Earth Stood Still, with Keno Reeves. And, you know, it was a remake of the movie from the 50s. And it brings in the story of Valiant Thor, who sat with President Eisenhower and... And told him... And told him... About... About the galactic forces... And right now, it is a challenging time to be here. I have my own moments going through the waves of energy and the horror of what's 
being done in real time in Gaza, and, and it's not pretty. Uh, what's going on in Ukraine? And it's all courtesy of this empire, and I call it an empire, and we are the ones that can change this right now. Bernie Sanders and Miss AOC and the squad are folks that can be talked to and listened to, and they have ways other folks let's say, may not have an inroad how to change this story. And I know that... I think it was AOC that introduced that Green New Deal, too. Yeah, and they like to poo-poo that. Well... Yeah. I'm, I'm, we're all experiencing, uh, for sure, I can speak for ourselves, um, the heat wave from last summer. And now we're having in the daytime, we're having extraordinarily warm weather at this time of year. I it was say. about 55 today, 54. And this is February. Yeah. The, almost the third week of February. Yeah. <laughs> and the groundhogs uh, didn't see a shadow yet. I don't know what to say, but I should read this. Okay. Um, getting a flashlight here. Um, this starts on the 9th, on um, His Holy Ghost, the Dalai Lama, has a little YouTube um, uh, celebrating the Tibetan New Year called Losar, which corresponds with um, the Chinese New Year. And this is... Monday, um, the 12th, I received a text message from Lady Nada at 11.28 late this morning. She said to me, Lord Rama, I am in an undisclosed location in the Middle East and I am safe. I am here with Larry Curley and Mo. What I can tell you about what is going on here is... Prime Minister Netanyahu has already begun to bomb Rafa. These are more war crimes. The whole world is watching. The electromagnetic energy is coming and the solar flares are tremendous. Ride the waves of energy. Do not feed into the fear. We have won. All the galactic forces are here. See you in the light of the most radiant one. Sat now, namaste, blaze the violet fire. And this is Tuesday. I received a text message from Mr. X at 11.37 late this morning. He said to me, Lord Rama, I am in Syria, in Palmyra, 
I am awaiting some friends to come through the Stargate here. As you know, what is going on in Gaza is genocide every day. I repeat, the world is watching and the world is saying, end the war now. Then the Galactics will take to the satellites, TV, cell phones, and smart devices. I can tell you there will be a transmission that the people of the world will hear and see. I cannot give you a date. Yet you sense it, everybody senses it. It is the next shoe that drops. Each day the solar flares continue to grow larger. They are bordering on S-class, and there were a couple X-class flares last week. The largest flares. They Yet they are usually M-class. That's moderate. They are still huge. Uh, which uh, are moderate solar flares, which are also huge. There are large geomagnetic storms going on every day as well. These storms are affecting every living particle of matter, whether it's animal, vegetable, or mineral. We have one. Every day, the violet flame light expands exponentially. All the elements are fully activated. They are asking us to talk with them every day. This is what I do when I go and talk with the deer and the crows each day. This is how we change this physical realm. Call in all the angels, archangels, masters, and teachers. See you in the light of the most radiant one, Satnam Namaste, blaze the violet fire. Note, regarding yesterday's message, I sent a text this morning to Lady Nada. She said to me, Lord Rama, President el-Sisi of Egypt has threatened to dissolve the peace treaty Egypt has with Israel. Should Israel fully attack Rafa? Meanwhile, there are Pleiadian, Syrian, and Andromedan starships in our skies, and they are waiting the word from the captain, world peace now. Namaste. And this is Wednesday. I sat with 15 deer, 9 crows, and 1 gray owl, who was sitting in a tree on a, the low branch about 10 feet above our heads. I got a sense the owl was a female. She was very curious as to what was going on with all of us because I had all my crystals out and they were kind of gleaming in the sun. They all communicated to me through my third eye. And so I saw in my third eye what looked like pink hearts. Happy Valentine's Day. And I saw purple sparkles in the air. Then I got a text message from Tom the Ringtail Cat and Sweet Angelique the Cat. They said to me, Lord Rama, hold Gaza in the violet plane. Prime Minister Netanyahu wants to create a larger regional war in and around the area of Rafa in Gaza. Meanwhile, President Recep Tayyip Erdogan of Turkey and President el-Sisi of Egypt 
want to dissolve the animosity between their respective countries, and they have publicly come forward and condemned Israel, meaning Prime Minister Netanyahu in particular for invading Gaza. Turkey and Egypt have joined South Africa at the ICJ in holding Israel accountable for war crimes and genocide. Please put all of this in the circle of support. Satnam Namaste, place to violent fire. And this is today. I went and sat with three, three deer and seven crows. At 11.29, late this morning, I was near St. John's College in Santa Fe. They intuitively said to me, Lord Rama, there are bright solar rays coming in. P.S. They showed me an image in my third eye of the big bright solar flares coming from the sun and hitting the earth. It was really bright out today. Then I saw in my third eye sunflower plants in full bloom, and we still kind of got snow. <laughs> uh, certain, today? Well, in certain parts of, you know, around here, yeah, we still have snow on the ground. Oh. Yeah. That's from last week. Yeah. Yeah. Then I received a text message from Rosa of Palestine. From Palestine. She said to me, Lord Rama, I am safe and I am in an undisclosed location in the Middle East. I am with the Syrians, Arcturians, and Andromedans, our galactic brothers and sisters from the stars. We are rescuing Palestinians as we can. The IDF are continuing to bomb hospitals in Palestine. Again, this is mass genocide, pure and simple. I asked Rosa from Palestine, when can our galactic brothers and sisters outright stop all the weapons of war from working? She responded by saying, the final word is up to the captain. Then my phone stopped working and I realized it was time to recharge it. See you in the light of the most radiant one. Satnam Namaste, blaze the violet fire. Note, a sister emailed, emailed us today letting us know she is sending a check in the mail that will arrive around February 23rd. It will be for $1,000 to help get our shuttle battery rebuilt. Please re- re- request Two hundred more dollars for a full twelve hundred, so ET can rebuild the battery. So let us all send good vibrations to Ruby Ray, our shuttlecraft, that her present battery will continue to serve us until all this money arrives. I was able to pay the hundred and forty towards the electric bill, which is one ninety two oh two in full. But we request 5002 to complete the payment of that bill. We also owe 9220 for the gas bill, which was due last Monday. Please send me an email as you can help with any amount towards these bills. 
Then I can call the companies and let them know they won't turn off the service. This would be great. Thank you. Aloha. I pass the talking stick back to you, Omina. Well, thank you very much, Ram and Tara. So, I'm going to talk tonight about inner peace, where we can learn to be in the world, but not of it. Because that seems to be an energy that brings a lot of people down. And it's, we have to constantly remember, this is an accelerated university for souls. What other souls are doing to other people, what people are doing to people, all through history, human beings have been horrible to each other. And this is part of a blog that I'm working on as well. So we're, I'm going, it's a two part because one is about inner peace and the other one is about standing in your own power. You cannot do one without the other, actually. You have to have both, but I'm going to read what I'm working on about nurturing inner peace. And before I start that, let me again announce the um, the phone numbers for people to call in in case they're having a, uh, in case anyone out there is having a difficult time. We more certainly will help you in any way that we can. The number is 888-627-6008 or 323-744-4831. If you're struggling with something, we more certainly can add some clarity to it, maybe suggest solutions that you may not have thought of. But nurturing your inner peace It really is about embracing discipline and acceptance. And both of those can be very challenging because as a society, we're not the most disciplined, that's for sure. And we're definitely not the most accepting. So inner peace is definitely cultivated through self-discipline and detachment. That's one of the hardest things for people to do is to detach from external distractions we even have a hard time detaching from things we have no control over instead of if it's bothering you send it love send the violet flame send the angels send god send who whomever you think is your higher power load it with love and send it there but we have to quieten our minds and find solace within ourselves Individuals can experience profound tranquility and contentment. Go on the meditation we did tonight. Find your path and go to your safe space. And acceptance played a crucial role in fostering our inner peace. You're not going to have it without it. Allowing individuals to relinquish control and let go of burdens that are not theirs to carry or ours to carry. While the concept of inner peace may seem elusive to some, it is a, it is a 
tangible, tangible reality for those who actively pursue it. Characterized by a profound sense of serenity and detachment from worldly concerns. Maintaining calmness in channeling situations requires self-awareness and discernment. When you do discernment, you don't do judgment. When you do judgment, you don't do compassion. You can't. You can only do one or the other. It's either judgment or compassion. It's really good to become aware of that. By identifying the root cause of anxiety and determining whether they are within their con- within our control, individuals can choose to respond or disengage when necessary. Finding inner peace amidst distractions entails disciplined detachment. And by that I mean when we find ourselves reacting. We have to really train our brain to detach. And the commitment to prioritizing one's own well-being over external pressures. Letting go of the need to fix everything. And recognizing personal boundaries and essential steps towards experiencing Lasting inner peace and harmony. I think at the beginning, I, I at the beginning of the show, I was talking about working with a woman this past week. And most mothers are very well-meaning. I meet them every day because they have a fierce obligation to their children. But any of you mothers out there that think you're doing a child a favor, your child, anybody's child for that matter a favor by constantly telling them what to do, by constantly telling them they could do it better, by constantly just talking to them and thinking, by constantly having input to what their conversation is about or where they should be going or what they should be doing. Children, I would guarantee it, do not take that as nurturing. They take it as criticism because in our journey to be the best mothers that we think we can be by constantly feeding them stuff, we're constantly telling them they can't do anything. And then we worry about them. Is something going to happen to them because we don't we don't trust their judgment? How are they going to be able to pay their bills? Because we don't trust they have a job. We're con- That's constantly putting the belief into them that they're not good enough. So this particular woman constantly worried about her children. Because the woman's just like his father. And this is really important. Everybody processes information differently. You might walk into an office and the desk might be a mess. Let me tell you, my desk was always a mess. But I knew where everything was. 
And I didn't want anybody messing with my mess, you might say. They would judge it and say, it's a mess. How can you think? I multitask an awful lot. I multitask in my head. I multitask in my life. I multitask as a mother, as a grandmother. That's how I process. Some people have to do it regimentally. There's nothing wrong with that. That's how they process. So I said to this mother, with all her worrying, where did it get her? It'll get your rejection, that's for sure. Because you're telling your child that they can't take care of themselves. They're doing all the worrying about them. Where does the inner peace come for either one for that matter? So I said to her, well, I would suggest that you replace the worrying with trust. Because I guarantee you, if you replace the worry with trust, when something goes wrong, your children will pick up that phone and call you and ask you for advice. But you never give them the chance if you're constantly after them to do the right thing, whatever that is. The right thing for you may not be the right thing for them. And it's like pull back, take a deep breath, and start trusting. That's where your inner peace comes from, is trusting the universe, your higher power, whatever your belief system is, trust it for the higher good. Nothing goes wrong when it's for the higher good. You may not like the results because you didn't have anything to do with it. But I do know from experience, you can do whatever you want. Because the real thing is going to happen anyway, regardless of what you do. But why take that away from anybody if we're telling them what to do? But in order to find the inner peace, we have to trust. We have to allow people to find their own way. The only way we can do that is to stand in our own power. It's like unleashing our own personal power, a path to authenticity and freedom. If I say something backwards, just look at it with your eyes and read it, turn it around and read it. Because sometimes I'll say it and I'm not aware of it. That's just the way it is sometimes. I mean, our personal power is the essence of authenticity and self-assurance. It's about speaking our truth. That's where the discipline comes in. We, sometimes we have to find our truth because we are so bombarded with so many things that are supposed to be true that are not true at all. It's like Juliana said, well, it depends on whose truth you're talking about. And he was right. Everybody has all these different truths, but underneath all that, there's just one truth. And if we speak our truth, standing up for ourselves, and we don't have to be angry to do that, we can just find our voice. And empower others to do the same. Whereas asserting boundaries or embracing vulnerability, personal power is the ability to navigate life on our terms without seeking constant validation from others. 
And I don't know about men, but for women, oh, you're too bossy. Or you talk too much. Or you think you know everything. They're the things to stop us from standing in our power and speaking our truth. Especially if we're, if we're working on the fear of rejection or the fear of expression. They're, they're, they're words to intimidate us. Remember, if you stand in your own power, it's not going to be easy to intimidate you. Recognizing a lack of our personal power often manifests, manifests itself in seeking external approval or feeling needy for attention, signaling the opportunity for growth. If we're needy, that's an opportunity for growth. Definitely. If we can, if we can become aware how needy we might be. Now, there's a different thing. It's different if you need something and you ask for it. Because chances are most stuff you ask for, you can meet it for yourself. So the impact of lacking personal power extends beyond the individual's accepting relationships. No, affecting, not accepting, affecting relationships. Sometimes I have a hard time reading my own writing. Our overall well-being, dependency on others for emotional fulfillment or decision-making can lead to strained dynamics and heightened stress. Cultivating personal power is a journey that fosters resilience and assertiveness, creating healthier connections and fostering a sense of autonomy in navigating life's challenges including advocating for one's health needs. That is so important. I have so many friends and people that go to the doctors, do everything the doctor tells them, and don't advocate for themselves. They might walk out of there with six new prescriptions and as they take them, they can't even walk around. They're so dizzy or all the side effects. They're in bed all day. Most of the time, you don't need all that medication. But ask, if I go and my doctor wants to put me on medication, I want to know why. What happens if I take it? What happens if I don't take it? So there's going to be a whole list of questions he's going to have or she well, for me, see, he, he's going to have to answer all those questions before I'll even think about it. So we're standing our own, we're standing our own power when we talk to our healthcare provider, and we don't walk out. We get the answers we want. It means that we have the power to confidentially communicate our symptoms and our concerns to the healthcare professional. Ensuring proactive and effective treatment. Prevention is everything. By embracing our personal power, individuals can reclaim agency over their own lives and pursue holistic well-being with confidence and clarity. It's amazing how much energy gets cleaned up when we stand in our own power. And when you're standing in your own power, people will gravitate to you because they want to be like that too. 
so we can become role models for people as we practice standing in our own power and always ask for help. And when you don't know the answer, ask and then wait and it will come to you. You have to be aware, you have to pay attention. You have to figure out what fear is stopping you from standing in your own power. Because the clarity manifests things for you. And you have to trust it because if you don't like something, then don't do it. Don't put up with it. You don't even have to voice it real loud. There's lots of ways that you can have your own inner peace. You may not act on it right away. The first thing is to admit it to yourself. I don't like that behavior. I don't like the way you're talking to me. I don't, whatever it is, I have no problem saying to somebody, I don't like the way you talk to me because I don't talk to you that way. That nips it in the butt, it stops it right there, and it's not going to happen again. And I have to be very aware that I don't talk to somebody the way I don't like to be talked to. That's personal power. That's awareness. That's peace. Because when you're in your own personal power and you want to be in your own peaceful place, you don't get into people's business. You let them live their lives. Give them help when they ask. Smile at them when they're not smiling. Cost nothing. So I will leave that out there for people to think about. Call in if you need to. Maybe the panel has something to discuss. Again, I'm going to say the numbers again. 888-627-6008 or 323-744-4831. If anybody is calling in, I'm on a small little computer, so it's not going to show up on mine. So please let me know. Well, welcome, Randy. We're happy to see you. Are you feeling well? I'm doing excellent, Amina. Thank you. That's wonderful. Good. So, do you have anything to add to our discussion? Give, give me a minute. Uh, I need a drink of water, and then I'll then I'll give me a few minutes, and I'll have something. Okay, no problem. Maybe we could give the numbers again, Amina, because I'm always amazed that more people don't take advantage. And call in. Uh, with I clip. know. I don't know what happened to them all where they all disappeared. <laughs> yeah. Okay, the numbers are 888-627-6008 or 323-744-4831. I've announced it several times tonight. And hopefully... People are listening. We're a friendly bunch here. We really are. And sometimes we're even funny. <laughs> it's and, interesting. Um, I love what you say about judgments and how a lot of it's based on fear as well as far as parents are concerned. Yes. Which I can absolutely understand. Um, and also very interesting what you say about how it's important to draw boundaries with people and let them know if you don't like being spoken to a particular way. And this has been a whole huge path for me 
because I was um, punished if I tried to um, create boundaries or hold boundaries in place. Um, yeah. but my parents just felt like the good Christian is always a doormat or, you know, um, a punching bag. Yeah. And don't say anything. You just take the abuse. And this to me is just diabolical. But then I find that the path to actually using your voice can be interesting because I got kind of fed up with somebody the other day and wrote something into the chat during a webinar that they didn't like, and they kicked me out of the webinar. <laughs> and I said to my team, maybe, you know, in, in saying what I need to say to people, I'm going too far. I'm, I'm not being polite enough. And in the past, I've always been too polite. And they showed me an image. They just said, eh, you know, balance. It takes some experimentation. And they showed me an image of a pendulum that was swung all the way over one way. And then it was swinging over another way so that it could find its place in the middle. And I thought that was interesting. So it was me coming out of self-judgment. Because at least if you're speaking up, even if you go a little overboard, maybe it's early in the morning <laughs> and you're not completely cheerful yet. But um, at least then you're you're venturing out a bit. And even at my age, I am I am still learning to do that. And um, yeah, well, I, I totally agree with you. There's a lot of people learning to do it. OK, yeah. and I think it's great as long as people are learning to do it rather than being quiet or being hurt or being afraid to speak up or their lack of language or whatever it is. You know, people do shut down at early ages and then they don't have the language to express how they feel. If we're living in a world with no boundaries and it appears that we are, it it um, it creates anxiety. When there's no boundaries, it creates an awful lot of anxiety. Because you can't feel safe when there's no boundaries. I was watching today when um, uh, I was watching today the testimonial of um, the DA down in Georgia. What's her name? Fanny Willis. Yeah. Well, she is a very strong, bright black woman. And you yes. don't mess with them, okay? <laughs> yeah. You don't mess with them, let me tell you. Her... Her ex-boyfriend came in and testified all morning, and she was watching it on television. So as soon as he was done, she ran up to the courthouse, and wasn't far away, and she just walked right into the courtroom. She was excellent. And talk about being in your own personal power. She came in and sat down and said, I am here to defend my name and my integrity. I am willing to testify. And Donald Trump's lawyer was a female. He the whole bunch of them there. She was like this female Trump. And she said, well, I want this witness, I want this witness treated as hostile. And Fanny said, I'm not hostile. I'm here. I'm here voluntarily. To testify. By the end of the day, she saved the day. But there was one part where this lawyer was badgering her and badgering her and badgering her. And she said to her, look, I'm not the one on trial here. 
even though you treat me like I am on trial, I'm not on trial. I'm here testifying. Those people over there, they're the ones that are on trial for whatever the, the stealing the votes or whatever that they're going to have them all on trial there for. And she just she just gave it right back. She had papers in front of her that the lawyer had given her, and she said, you have lies in here about me. And she tried to ignore her, and then the judge said something to her, and Fanny goes, you have to read these. These are lies. There's lies in here about me, and I'm not going to allow it. She was great. That's a woman standing in her own power and no fear. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if anybody else saw it, but it was worth watching. I didn't see it, but I've seen her speak before to the press. And yes. she's supposed and very brilliant. You're right. And very well, strong. she was, let me Love tell it. you, she was Love she it. was standing in her power and she was nice about it. And then as it went on, the day went on, there was one guy got up and he was like a badger, you know. We know if honey badgers is going to keep at you and at you and at you. And his voice would go up and she said, please don't yell at me. Yeah. She said that to her three times. He was yelling at her. And she said, please talk to me. Do not yell at me. And I okay. thought, good for her. You know, uh, they were trying to intimidate her. Of course. And there was absolutely nothing that they could find that connected her about money with the with the prosecutor that was going to prosecute the case. So it's going to be really interesting how karma is coming anyway for for the whole bunch. And it's going to come fast because all these cases are coming up and eventually they're all going to say, nope, 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 no. Judges are getting wise to the game. And they're they're making on the um, I don't know all the terms, but anyway, they're making their written responses so tight that the Supreme Court will not go against it. They're making them so tight their response because he'll bring everything to the Supreme Court. So the judgments will be so tight that it can't go anywhere. So she is one one strong lady. They questioned her because she grew up in a household where her father always told her, you always save cash because you never know when you need it. She pays off an awful lot of things with cash. Apparently, he's going to testify. So I'm sure she's no problem sleeping at night. And that's the other thing. You get in her peace and you stand in your own power. You can sleep better. Yes. Yes, because you're not beholden to anybody. You don't have to worry about what you said or did if you stay in your own power and you're true to yourself. And you and because it's, I think, I know if I did it last week or whenever, when I talked about the adaptive child and the natural child. A lot of yes. children adapt to life because they have to survive, but then they forget to come out of it. So they stay, they live in that adaptive person most of their lives. And forget about the authentic child or the authentic self. Yes, absolutely. Um, we've got Cynthia from Michigan on line one. I'm sorry. Oh, good. Uh, I forgot to, to tell you that. Dawn, go ahead. Is Cynthia still there? I'm here. Oh, wonderful. How are you, Cynthia? 
Hi, Omina. I'm from Michigan, and I have to say, I so admire you and the height of your consciousness. I so relate to everything you say. Um, so thank you for being uh, on the show and sharing yourself. Um, we're talking about standing in our power. And I have this relationship with my sister where I, for years, walking on eggshells with her um, because if I would say anything, she would uh, turn around or, you know, get angry if I had a boundary. So in the past couple years, her name is Madonna. Um, I finally said, you know what, I can't, I'm a different person now, and I need to tell you the truth, and I'm offended by, you know, what you're saying and ridiculing, and et cetera. And I, she didn't take it well. Not everybody takes it well. Um, she turned around and was enraged. Um, so since then, we've and we were really close. Uh, we don't speak anymore because even though I try to create peace, she sees it differently. What kind of karma did we did we have a past life together? Um, I don't quite understand, although I do know her not talking with me gives her a chance to make her own life decisions and not rely on me right i mean part part of it has to do with i don't see any lifetime connections yet you definitely belong in the same soul group one of the reasons she came into the family is she the older one i know i'm the older one and she's okay the third child okay and part of part of the um she doesn't believe in herself enough and she thinks that you're too uppity because you're smart. Oh. Yeah. You yes. see, she sees oh. you she sees you as the one with all the answers. And she doesn't like that? Oh no. Because for her and for her it brings up in her that she doesn't have the ability to find her own answers. It's okay if you're not talking to each other now because that will change down the road because she's taking time out to grow. Uh, That's what I was hoping would happen. She tends not to self-reflect and blame me, but I'm hoping that when she's not talking with me that she will develop her own life and her own strength. Well, uh, if she does, rough. yeah, rough. <laughs> if she does talk to you and she's still blaming you, you just quietly ask her, why is she blaming you? And you have to be ready then to hear whatever her truth is. Right. Okay. I come from a family of seven girls. That's two brothers. Girl. So... Older sisters, and I'm an older one, to five younger ones, 
two older sisters, but they didn't exchange with me the way the five younger ones did. And if we're real bossy, they don't like it. <laughs> okay? Because yeah. it brings up it brings up that they can't do anything for themselves, even though we might be doing it out of care. The best thing to do with your sister when you do start talking to her again, don't tell her what to do. Just talk to her. Put a if she asks you things, put it back on her. Well, what do you think? How would you like to handle that? You know, that kind of yeah. thing. Yeah. She would ask me things, so if I responded, you know, I don't know, maybe that's where she... It gets a reaction out fight. of her instead of... It gets yeah. a reaction out of her. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So don't don't allow that to happen because she might be frustrated and looking for a way to get it out. And then if you tell her what to do, that's one way of getting the anger out. It's better if you just put it back on her. You'll have a lot more peace and you just give her room to grow. Just bless her every time you think of her and give her room to go. Believe me, sending the love and the blessings, it goes there. It really does. And eventually they begin to feel some of that. That's good. I yeah. do send her love and love. Good. Um, and um, I know whatever's going on and with her and her perception of me, um, the final boundary was, you know, and I said it, I say things as clearly and calmly as I can, but I said, you know, her name is Madonna. You know, Madonna, yeah. um, you keep talking to me like this. I, I, you know, I don't deserve that. And, I'm not going to want to talk with you. And she just does the silent treatment. Well, you know. At least I told her, you can't keep talking to me, angry at me. And when, you know, I tried to talk, it just, it's, you know, harsh. And it's like, you know what? I understand you're angry, but um, I guess it's best if I don't you know, contact you. And There's, I didn't yeah. say it harshly. I just said it. Um, right. But there's there's other ways you can do it, too. There's two ways you can do it. You both can have a real yell and scream and match and get it all out. Okay? Or the yeah. other way, my way, is the way I do it. Okay, so we've had problems in the past communicating, no matter what I say, whatever it is. You know what, Madonna? Why don't you tell me the best way I can relate to you? Why don't you tell me the best way we can have a conversation? Because I'm open to listen to it. Because you're my sister. I want to talk to you. I don't know how. So tell me what's the best way to talk to you. Mm -hmm. Then you have to be able to sit back. And live up to what you're saying. And I'm saying that don't do it until you're ready. Because you got to be aware of your triggers. If she comes attacking yeah. you, you've got to be you've got to be aware. You don't have to react to that because it's coming from her. But it's an yeah. opportunity to heal. Yeah, 
I agree. And I think I'm thinking she needs this time because when I had asked her, what can I do to assist you in in any way, you know, with, I, I know you're angry with me. Tell me what you need. I will be really happy to help you. What do you need? And she was offended. Well, so you know. I think that it's good to, you know, just let her be. I am in more peace without talking to her. Well, that's good. I mean, I that's know. good. Yeah. Yeah. You know. yeah, she needs the time. She needs the time to herself. This may be her journey in life, and she may not be able to navigate through it the way you want her to, but you just leave her be, that's all. Leave her be in peace. I mean, you can always write a little note to her or a little card just that you care about her, and when she's ready, you're willing to talk to her. You know, there's all kinds of little things we can do to reach out. Yeah, that's that's a good idea, cards. She does not like text. (laughs) <laughs> well because I'll tell you why a card is safe for her she can receive that she can read it and you're not there to ask her what you thought of it mm-hmm. so it's like she's able to take it in without feeling too vulnerable or feeling like there's something wrong with her so a card is a way of letting her know you care and giving her the space, acknowledging her, giving her the space and saying, when you're ready to talk, I'm here. Oh, that's lovely. Thank you. You're welcome. So I wish you both luck and blessings. Thank you. Um, and God bless you. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. So that goes for anyone that's listening to if you have any siblings and you can't stand each other. It's like a family I was telling the other day because they just don't seem to be connected. And I said, not all families come in together to be connected, which they don't. So let go of the expectation. If it's not happening, it's not happening. And you can't change it. You can only change your attitude towards it. That's all you can do. And that's part of standing in your own power, having that autonomy to be able to critically think for yourself and look at other people, not compare, but look at their journey. That's where the compassion comes in rather than the judgment. So it's it's a it's practice. It's it's learning to communicate in a different level. Our families don't teach us how to communicate effectively or to express our emotions. Most people, all their emotions are all jumbled up and they're all so anxiety-ridden, they can't even put a name on the emotion. Never mind, express it. So, and most people are afraid of anger. They're afraid of the anger the parent or the older sibling or anybody for that matter. So it's it's... They're all the things that keep people down rather than being the beautiful people that they are because I do believe there's beauty in everybody. It's in there somewhere. And many people are afraid to speak their truth. 
Absolutely. They're totally, absolutely afraid to speak their truth. Oh, yeah. In essence, what that means is they're afraid of themselves. Well, they're afraid of themselves. They're afraid. I don't know if they're afraid of themselves as much what, what if they speak their own truth, they might get punished because that could be a pattern from past lives and this life. If they have a super fear of rejection and expression, they think they're going to die if they say it. And it's like, no, our most people cannot speak their truth unless they're super angry. Like they think the anger is going to protect them. The problem with that for any of the audience that's listening, when you when you say things in anger, nobody pays attention. They'll discount and say, oh, he, she, he or she is just angry. They didn't mean that. You say it quietly, it's powerful. When you say it in a quiet voice, people remember and they pay attention. It's like they might walk away thinking, whoops, I better not do that one again. You'll get farther in life by being humble than by being angry and mad. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because if you don't learn humility, you're going to be humiliated. But you have to come from a point of strength with that. Because I was raised to be extremely humble, but I wasn't coming from a point of strength from that. I was coming from fear. You were, And you were coming from a place where you humiliated. Yes, correct. Yes. Well, that's part about standing in your own power is learning the meaning of the words. Words are powerful. Thoughts are powerful. A lot of people would not think that humility and humiliation a lot of people don't even know, they know what humiliation is, but they have no idea what humility is. Because in the religious world, they teach you humility that you have to be like a martyr. Yeah. And that's not humility. No. No. Humility actually is part of your joyous self, where you don't have to prove anything to anybody. And you don't have to impress anybody. Just think about that kind of freedom. Mm. That's what that means to me. It's like, and I've told that to people. I said, you don't even have to like me if you want to sit in front of me and get what you need to get. You don't even have to like me. It's okay with me. I'm not invested in it. There's an awful lot of, there's a lot of power in that and there's a lot of freedom in it. And then they forget that they asked you the question. Yes. To begin with. Yes. <laughs> they asked you. You didn't tell them. They right. asked you. They Absolutely. And I'm not going to go anywhere with them unless they ask me. When people make appointments, and actually yesterday in my community, we had a club meeting, and someone said to me, oh, my God, can you tell me my future? Can you tell me this? Can you tell me that? I said no. I said I'm not going to. I'm not going to tell you anything unless you ask me a direct question. Yeah. Oh, she goes. That's interesting. I said, well, if you ever want a reading, you can't come without your list of questions and your tape recorder. And that was like a shock. I said that's how I work. Because now you're giving. If you ask me a question, you're giving me permission to tell you the truth as I'm fed the truth. 
Not my truth, your truth. Not my truth. Because it's not important for me to impact my truth on you because I'm at a different place in life than you are. We're on a different journey. We're in a different places of our lives. Our journey is different. Our lessons are different. Whatever it is, it's going to be different. So people have to learn at their own pace. I'm just there to lighten their path a little bit, not to take it over. And I wouldn't want to anyway, you know how exhausting that is. No, because it's their experience. Everybody, right. even twins, have different experiences. Of course they, do. of course they do. As I remember when I was young, I was dating a twin, so they thought one night they'd play a trick. And Betty came. We went to you know the local theater to watch a show, and I knew, I knew because there was even though they were twins. There was a little bit of difference in them. Of and, course. You know, we went, and so I played along, and then I went back and took her back home, and her sister was there. And I said, you know something, Beverly? I'm looking at Beverly. I said, Betty's a better kisser than you are. Oh, oh my, my God. God. <laughs> you and we didn't kiss. We didn't do anything. But right. the look on Beverly's face was absolutely priceless. Of course. And then they then they realized and they all we all started laughing because yeah. then they realized that I had figured out their little joke. Oh yeah. You oh, know, yeah. and you have to have the you have to look at the experience of oh that was fun. Yep. You know, people the problem in today's society is people have forgot how to have simple fun. Yep. I agree. They forgot to go out and have fun. Or just laugh at the silliest things or even laugh at the more serious things because they're so serious they're ridiculous. That's right. I always like to watch comedy before I go to sleep. Oh, my God. So that yes. I'm in a good mood <laughs> when I go to sleep. I know. I mean, some of the, some of the uh, when you talk about comedy, it brings Carl Burnett's show, some of the skits that they've done. Well, then you realize back then, you know, Lucy... Uh, Lucille Ball and yeah, all those people. I mean, a lot of that was ad lib because sometimes oh, they'd flip a line or they do, but they were good at what they did. Absolutely, and they, went. they were. Gifted. And I mean, I think it's great that we have John Stewart back on the Daily Show once a week yeah. because there's no one people in that business. There's people that they have a flair about themselves. They just they know how to deliver things. Yes. And he's one of the he's one of the best. Yes, because he's brilliant. Nobody, nobody like him. I love him to bits. <laughs> I do well, too. See, the, the thing is, we have to realize that 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 we have to even sometimes look in the mirror and laugh at ourselves. What the hell did I do that? <laughs> we do something, we realize I shouldn't have done that, but I did it just, anyway. Why? And just, and just laugh at it anyway. And laugh at it anyway. Yeah, because we are funny. Human beings are the funniest things I've ever seen or experienced. I love parts of Saturday Night Live. The best part of Saturday Night Live is the is the news the news one. Oh, well, that's what I was thinking. The two guys. Yeah, I can't remember. Oh their names, my gosh, they are so funny. They work <laughs> together very well. 
<laughs> yeah, they do. They feed off of each other. And, and it's they're... like, oh, my goodness, it's just, yeah. Laughing and is a great vibrational razor. It really is. It just it really it releases everything. It really is. And there's 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 some stand up comedians that are just mad. Yes. You you realize that that is an art in itself to be. Oh, I able. know it. <laughs> there was one I watched. I can't remember. She was. She's from either Kentucky or Tennessee, and she plays on that. Uh-huh. She plays on. I'm the hillbilly comedian. And uh-huh. her facial expressions and some of the clothes she's wears. It's just your roar laughing because she's just playing herself. Yeah. She's simply just playing herself. And she knows the thing is, I looked at when I look at things like that, uh, she knows how to read the audience because she's the type of a comedian that gets audiences involved. Well, that's a gifted person. When you can read the audience, then you're, you're, then you're golden. Yeah. 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 My favorite one that I saw was, I think I mentioned it here before, where this, um, I don't know if he was Irish or not. I don't think he was, but he was talking about the Irish because the Irish are very witty. And he was telling, he was telling the audience how his wife was Irish and uh, he thought she was great and everything. But he was saying how he was telling his wife one night how much he loved her. I mean, he just loved her. He couldn't love her anymore. And his wife just said, well, just try a little harder. <laughs> Irish humor is, is, is quite different. The one thing I'd like to point up to what's happening about, we're talking about personal power. Yes. I've been watching videos lately of parents going to school board meetings and asking them, why my children are not being taught the essentials of life. Uh-huh. Why are they being taught all this junk? This one mother, she's trying to gain charity from the board. She said, how do we get our voices heard? You only give us two minutes to talk. Right. The board member says, email us. And if you don't like how the board is run, there's an election every four years. Now sit down. Oh my gosh. Yes. And then a doctor comes up. This is the same board meeting. And he's disgusted by the amount of sex education in the earlier grades of school that have no place, that absolutely have no place. So he's using their own words out of their own curriculum. That he says, according to the law, this is illegal, and you all should be arrested. They shut his mic off. They asked him to leave the room. They sh- then he wouldn't. He wouldn't stop. He said, "No, this is my time. I have to do whatever." They shut his mic off, and then the board members got up and left. And this is happening all over North America because yeah, the, the parents. The parents are arrested. They'll actually have people arrested. Yes, they'll actually have people arrested. Take them by the arm and pull them out purely because they're objecting to something, not because they're out of control or out of order. No, no, because simply they're objecting. Like I watched one today of this young schoolgirl, and she objected to something in the classroom. The teacher phoned the police. The police came, and she said, "No, what are you doing? You can't arrest me." And they were manhandling this girl, threw her down on the floor. I want to call my mom. And the end of the thing was 
they put her in a police car because she objected to what the teacher was saying. Oh, that's Ooh, sick. That's why we need some different energy on the planet here to well, correct all this do. stuff. Yeah. Because it is totally out of hand. But what this is doing, we have to look at this from a higher perspective now. This is allowing people to wake up and actually look to see what's happening to their children when they're away from home and parents are actually starting to give a hoot again. Well, I hope But unfortunately, so. there's too many kids that are totally lost now. Absolutely, because parents, I would suggest any parents that are out there having trouble with your kids, pick up a book on parenting and personal power because children learn personal power from their parents or lack of personal power. I remember my youngest son with his youngest son, who was brilliant, he still is, and he was in a lower grade and he was bored to death with everything. And he's telling his dad about it. And dad says, well, you want me to go talk to the teachers? And he said, chases his name. He says, no, I'll let you know when I want you to go talk to him. And this went on for quite a while. And my son didn't interfere. But one day Chase came home from school off of the bus, came in and threw his bag on the on the couch. And he says, Dad, it's time for you to go and talk to them now. And he was probably in, he was in eighth or ninth grade. And I thought to myself, to me, that's personal power. Yeah. He was able to make a decision because his father said to him, I won't interfere unless you want me to. And then he went and talked to him. The whole thing was they didn't want he needed to go to high school because he was doing high school math. The school didn't want to send him because they have to pay for that. They have to pay for the transportation. They have to pay for him to be in the high school. They eventually sent him to high school to do the math. Then he was tutoring all the kids and teaching some of the teachers math. Oh but goodness. dad would not dad would not interfere until the son said, Okay, it's time you can go now. <laughs> I thought that was great. It is. Yeah, it is. I thought it was great that you think it's what's interesting about it, you think your kids don't learn from you, but they do. Sure they do. They learn. And and that's where you see it, how they how they raise their own kids. Yeah. And parents out there, if you're having trouble with it, talk to somebody. If you're having trouble with your kids, they're acting out for some reason. That's my last note. It's time to call it. It's 11.05. I know it's my bedtime. Thank you so much, Omina. Huh? Thank you so much. Oh, you're welcome. So everybody, stand in your own personal power. If you're safe doing that. I'm not promoting anyone to stand in their power and get, get a punch in the face. <laughs> okay? Oh, so don't. Thank you, Amina. Huh? Oh, thank just, you. Same thing. You're welcome. So, on that note, find your inner peace, find your power, and you'll have inner peace. And the boundaries. There's personal 
spiritual, mental, emotional and physical boundaries. I practice them every day because sometimes I want to knock some people's boundaries down. <laughs> <laughs> so on that note, I love you all. I wish you well. I will talk to you all next week. Wonderful. Thank you, Amina, and good night. Good night, everyone. Thanks, good night, Laura. Randy. And see everybody tomorrow on Saturday. Many uh, same, same time. Uh, tomorrow and Saturday uh, at 2.30 uh, Mountain Time uh, for our shows. And also uh, uh, our website. I Thank you. In just one second so I can say this. It's rainbowroundtable.net. And then scroll down to donate. And then there's some way that you can say it's for family and friends. So they refrain from taking money for their services to you because for family and friends, they don't do that. Thank you, everyone. And there's much, much ado about uh, a big change where uh, freedom's holy flame is coming to the world. I can put it that way. What do you say, Ron? Yes. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. Music. We're ready for the music, please, Don.